This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Huh? What's your favorite scary movie? Um, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> and welcome back to Micro Queers. It's our queer horror short movie roundup stuff review. Insert word. I'm Joe. <laughs> I'm Trace, and everyone, welcome to our uh, sporadic microqueers entry. Uh, we're discussing Claire Cooney's new slasher film, queer slasher film, mind you, uh, mm -hmm. Departing Seniors. Yeah, so technically this is a 2023 film, but I think it's just because it was doing the festival circuit. So, of course, now it's out on VOD. We thought we'd give it a watch. And I gotta say, Trace, this one surprised me. Yeah, I, I, I wrote in my review, this was surprisingly solid. Like, it, mm -hmm. it didn't blow me away, but I was never bored watching it. And I was certainly entertained. Uh, yeah, this is this was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, folks, if you have not watched the film, it is a queer slasher, as Trace alluded to, and it's billing itself as Scream meets Freaky, and that's because it centers around a gay Mexican high school student named Javier, who is played by Ignacio Diaz Silverio, and... He's being bullied at school. He's got a fantastic best friend, Bianca, who is played by Irene Roach. And they're just trying to get to graduation day. But he ends up taking a tumble down the stairs and magically gets the ability to see the past, present, or future when he touches someone or an object. Oh, and there's a serial killer. That's so raven, it's the future I can see. That's so raven, it's so mysterious to me. Yeah, um, I was not expecting, I, I, admittedly, I did not watch the trailer for this before I watched it, so I just went mm -hmm. completely blind. And when we get That's So Raven powers, I was like, what? <laughs> I love that you're saying all this because I have no frame of reference, so yes, That's So Raven powers. <laughs> Well, just, I mean, so like what I was expecting, because I actually don't think we use these powers enough. Or, I'm sorry, we use them a lot, but like it never. It doesn't really come to much. No, it doesn't really come to much. And like the whole thing with, you know, That's a Raven was a Disney Channel show. And then there's, of course, other things that this is like, you know, I think Bianca even name drops, you know, like the Dead Zone and things like that in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she would always have a vision and she would always try to stop it. But oops, of course, the action she used to try to stop it would actually cause the thing to still happen. 
Right. And that's kind of what I was expecting from this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not really the case, so I appreciate that we do avoid those kind of like premonition tropes that we have. But yeah, as you said, it doesn't really come to it. I was more interested in just the characters and their relationships than I was the more supernatural elements of this plot. Right. It's a bit of a marketing gimmick. I think it's an easy way to sell a feature because particularly when you say, oh, yeah, it's Scream meets Freaky. It's not, you know, body transfer. It's not that level of supernatural. In some ways, it's almost a little bit more happy death day. Mm -hmm. But it really is all about how Javier is trying to solve things. And like you said, with that, so Raven, it just doesn't really help him it just kind of moves him along and in some ways i like that we didn't end up relying on that it is really as you said more about the characters yeah i mean it is a thing too like even as a slasher like this film doesn't kill that many people in its runtime Mm But I do think that's where the 80-minute runtime kind of helps it go, go along more smoothly. Um, but it is a thing where, you know, I gave this a 3 out of 5 when I finished it. And it does seem like there's maybe one too many elements here, which is interesting right. because we said something similar on the Patreon feed last month about Founder's Day, which mm-hmm. it's interesting because, you know, we always talk about the slasher boom of the 80s, but there's like hundreds of slashers that came out that like most mm-hmm. people have never heard of. and Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what these like straight to video low budget slashers are like in the 2020s. They they are what those kind of slasher films were in the 80s. So I like finding these things with you to see if there's a, a hidden gem out there. Um, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't call Departing Seniors a gem, but I do think it's worth watching. It's definitely entertaining, like one of the big selling features. And I think the reason we both immediately said, oh, the powers aren't that big of a deal. It's really more interesting to talk about the characters is because the characters are fairly well rounded. Like I actually found myself not missing the supernatural power element of the film because I was just enjoying spending time with Javier and Bianca. Well, it was kind of a thing where every time we got a premonition, I was like, oh, right, we're doing that in this movie. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, which is maybe suggesting that we should have either used it more or found a way to make it a little bit more impactful. I mean, in some ways, it feels like it's a big lead up to the I'm not going to say twist because it feels like we reveal the killer. And then as soon as you see it, you think, no, it can't be that easy. And lo and behold, it's not. No, but I mean, and look, I, I, I am not trying to like toot my own horn here, but I did call the actual killer pretty much from minute one because I mean, we're going to spoil this, everyone, but the killer in this movie is Lizzie McGuire movies, Yanni Gelman, Paolo himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, because it's so funny because I messaged you. And I was like, I, well, he was the only name in the movie. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, my God, Joe's probably laughing at me for calling Yanni Gelman a name in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. He's had a storied career. He's also the prominent adult in this film. Well, that's the other thing, too. So many times I was like, where are these kids' parents? Like, I know we see Javier's father once, and we see, mm-hmm. I think, bitchy Ginny's mom once, yes. maybe. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, that's par for the course with teen slashers. Oh, sure. Yeah, because parents don't matter. And, of course, I mean, it's almost even surprising that we see Ginny's mom except to prove that, of course, she's kind of a terrible parent, which maybe explains how we got to the Ginny of it all. Well, thoughts on Ginny, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, why don't we run down some of these characters and just give our impressions of them? So we talked sure. a little bit about Javier and we've talked about Bianca. So what did you think about uppity bitch Ginny, who is in contention for valedictorian and is dating 
homophobic bully jock Trevor, who is played by Cameron Scott Roberts. So I I thought she was fine. Honestly, it was interesting. So like the vibe of this movie I was getting, you know, I know you you kind of commented on, oh, it's like Scream meets Freaky, which is what the press note was saying. I was getting like a slashery version of Darren Stein's GBF because Mm. sometimes characters in this movie seem to operate on a heightened reality, but then other times we seem to be playing it very straight. And Jenny was a character that I couldn't always fully get a lock on. Like, she was very stereotypical, like, conservative Christian white bitch. And we kind of keep her in that for most of the movie. I think Morlock does a decent job in the role. But I do think the way the film ends, we don't do enough justice to this character to merit any kind of redemption arc it might be trying to give her. Hmm. Yeah, because she's definitely positioned as one of the big kills, right? Like we're going to go after Trevor, her boyfriend. We're going to go after Brad, who is the other bully in the film who Javier is secretly macking on. And then, of course, there's Ginny, who seems positioned to be something of a queen bee, even though the film... We'll talk about this in a moment, but it does actually go to some length to make sure we understand these people are not caricatures. They actually are people with... Mm-hmm feelings and backgrounds that maybe explain some of their behavior doesn't condone it but it does explain it but i will say my issue with the screenplay in general is that the the two big kills we get in this movie Mm -hmm. like we learn so much about these characters in the minutes leading up to their kill to where i was like oh i don't want to see them die because i want to see their journey like their character journey continue Hmm. Yeah, I was on the fence as to whether I liked that because it felt like, oh, you want these people to die, but then you realize, oh, they're human beings, and then we still kill them. And I thought that was a little bit brave slash subversive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I agree, it almost would have been more interesting to see them have to reconcile or confront or even apologize for some of their behavior. And instead, they're just dead. Well, and that is an issue I have with slashers like this, you know, where it's like, oh, like the killer kills them, kills them, kills them. And then he saves his his or her their big monologue for like the final girl and the final bad person. Mm -hmm. When it's kind of like, oh, like Brad and Trevor probably should know why they're getting killed right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you always want the people who are about to die to know why. (laughs) I know, I know. But nevertheless, though, there's a lot of interesting things here that I think with a bigger budget and maybe a better, some better production values, we could have fleshed this out a little bit more and even gotten it past that 90 minute mark. Hmm. I don't entirely agree because I actually Mm -hmm. think the production value on this film is much better than I was anticipating. Like I did watch the trailer before I hit play Mm -hmm. and I thought that the trailer was stylish, but I was worried it was actually hiding things like, oh, this is a very low budget. And I'm not suggesting this is eight to ten million dollars or anything, but this is much better than what your average low budget slasher looks like trace oh sure sure but again like there's one teacher there's one queen bee i don't know if there's any other students at this school really (laughs) right yeah okay so flesh out the world a little bit in terms of populating it giving us yeah maybe a little bit more runtime it's tricky because there there was a period where i think it's after we kill brad Mm mm-hmm there's like a bit of a low period where we have to talk about Javier's powers. And yeah, we have Bianca doing her name drop of all the films where people have had premonitions. And I thought, ooh, the energy's lagging a little bit. And this is a short film. Like, I'm surprised this moment is in here. But then the film kind of snuck up on me because I realized what we were doing Mm -hmm. besides the usual, okay, let's talk about what your powers are, but also let's name drop a bunch of different movies, which I'm kind of ready to move beyond, but that's fine. 
But I guess the thing that I appreciated that the film was doing was actually focusing on how characters are grieving, which is something I think the film does really, really well. Yeah, no, I I I'm in complete agreement with you. And I think we get the most of that in Trevor's storyline. And again, like, you know, mm-hmm. we're not meant to like Trevor. No. But but again, like the most interesting part of this movie to me was watching him realize how his actions led to his friend's quote unquote suicide. Mm-hmm. And initially I thought we were gonna play it for laughs or we were gonna be really superficial mm-hmm. with it. And Trevor is legitimately upset. Like, he fully believes that his friend died by suicide because of his actions, his unsupportive actions. And I thought that that was really interesting. Like, as you said, would I have liked it to go on a little bit longer and maybe held off on killing Trevor so quickly? Sure. I think this is part of where that pacing starts to rub up against the storytelling and the character Mm -hmm. development. But that part and then even Ginny's backstory where you know she wants to grieve her cheating boyfriend who she knew was cheating on her but she wanted to maintain the social stature she's butting heads with her mom who is like no honey you don't need to do anything and she's like no this is what I have to do to be perfect I was like oh these are real people how interesting like It actually reminded me a little bit of Initiation, which is a film we covered on Patreon about a year and a bit ago. And Mm -hmm. that film really took us by surprise because it dealt extensively with characters grieving dead loved ones and dead friends in a way that we didn't expect. Like it was a lot more meaningful and in-depth than most slashers will actually take the time to do. Yeah, I think when we're talking about modern slasher films, like Initiation is a really good like bar to hit for me. And I feel like when we're seeing this oh it's like scream meets freaky meets whatever the fuck it's yeah it's mm-hmm. just like oh it just means that the characters have seen horror movies and they are referencing horror movies and right <laughs> unfortunately scream is a lot more than that and we discussed that extensively and i do think that's something where freaky sometimes got it right mm-hmm. but was often content being that oh no we're just going to name drop a bunch of horror movies to show how much we know right. and that sometimes happens here but it's really in fits and starts and mostly from the bianca character Right. Yeah. I think Bianca is definitely the character people will gravitate to because she is so hip and cool. I'm not going to lie. She also has some really great one liners. Like mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated how she can't help but punching down on Brad. And at one point she even says, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just real bad at this emotional sensitivity shit. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it's a funny beat. But at the end of the day, I think Bianca is there to sort of keep the movie on track, whereas the other characters are trying to go through some genuine human emotions. Well, speaking of, though, what about because I think the most interesting part, again, on top of all everything I just said, but it is this Brad storyline for me, Mm -hmm. which I I figured he was going to be the first one to go, especially since we get that premonition early on. But this was one where I was I found it so interesting because not only does our main character out this person to his mm-hmm. friends which i thought was a very bold choice but yeah. you feel for brad even though like he's a piece of shit like mm-hmm. you understand why he is if, if you grew up queer and closet like you understand the brad character and oh yes but i also understand javier's instinct to want to be like no i'm gonna fucking out this guy even though mm-hmm. hey everyone that's not something we should ever do <laughs> no no i thought again this was a really fascinating choice because especially in this day and age where you will just get dragged if you do anything suggesting like oh i'm gonna out somebody you oh know, yeah the kids will kill you so i thought that this was really brave to have such a uh, 
like a youthful teen character because this film does feel quite a bit younger than a lot of other slashers like these kids mostly look like kids Mm -hmm. with the exception of maybe brad yeah (laughs) but at the end of the day i was just like oh wow we've got a queer character of color as our lead in this film but he is actively outing another queer student who has been bullying him like what what a wild sort of circumference of yeah. different issues to address. Oh, and the, the way Brad dies, which again, like the killer stages it to look like he hangs himself in the gym mm-hmm. locker room. And I was like, this feels very like thematically appropriate. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Trevor dies after grieving his maybe gay best friend. I mean, it's interesting that Brad says, I haven't actually figured myself out. I'm not as strong as you. Mm-hmm. And then he dies. But Trevor, when he's grieving, never actually learns that not only, A, was he not responsible for Brad's decision, but that it wasn't even a suicide. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just, like, again, like, I was like, oh, this movie is just doing something that I was not expecting from this straight-to-streaming slasher. Mm-hmm. And I think I think my only big grievance with that is I, it never quite gets as interesting or, like, nuanced as that once right. Trevor dies. No, because the problem with as soon as Trevor dies, then we've got to move into who is the killer. And I'm curious, Trace, we've not really mentioned William, who is our love interest, who is played by Ryan Foreman. I think he's fine. He's cute. He's underdeveloped, sadly. But we read herring him as the killer. And folks, if you have not guessed it, if you want to remain spoiler free, stop now and come back later. Obviously, it is... Yanni Gelman's Mr. Arda, who is the actual killer. Who is... Okay, is it ever... He is gay, right? He never says, I am gay, but he basically says, I'm you to Javier. And says, you know, I went through everything. It hasn't gotten better. Even though I'm an adult, I still see the exact same pattern of behavior. So it's like, it's not even coded to me. But I think it's interesting that he never says, yeah, I too am gay. This happened to me. He just says, I see so much of myself in you. Maybe it's because um, screenwriter Jose Nateris is trying to, I don't know, like, give us everyone a a common ground. Like, it's not, oh, like, Mm. yes, okay, like, he was bullied too, but we're not saying that he's queer because bullying in general is bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be queer to get bullied. But, okay, so yeah, I agree, yeah, the William character is kind of a man, but I I like that we don't spend too much time red herringing him. But... I will tell you, the movie that I was reminded of the most when watching the climax of this film, in which, yes, uh, Mr. Yep. Art is like, oh, I was bullied and you're bullied. I'm going to kill the bullies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But also I might kill you because you're in my way and I've got to execute my plan, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. But okay. Yes. And then Javier is like, oh, but don't do this. Like, you don't want to be the bad guy, blah, blah, blah. You don't kill people, even though they're horrible people, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They slash them. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I was actually waiting for it because I watched this ahead of you. And then I was trying to not spoil the experience for you. But I was just like, I wonder how long it's going to take him to A, bring up fucking Lizzie McGuire. Hello. And also B, <laughs> uh, how long it will take you to make that connection to they slash them. Well, so, OK, but that's what I want to focus on before we like close all this out. Like, because, mm-hmm. you know, we have a discussion before all the fervor of they slash them came out. So we recorded that, you know, before it came out. Right. How does this compare to you and how how it's handled compared to they slash them, you know, where it's like, hey, y'all, we as queer people need to be the bigger people and not like seek murderous revenge on our tormentors. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like this film is doing a better job of having the conversation throughout, mm-hmm. whereas they slash them reserves everything until the last minute to say, oh, I'm also a victim or survivor of bullying, but I've decided to be rageful. And I I still maintain that that film felt like it was having a generational debate. You know, there was yeah. one generation, the older one, who said, fuck you, I've already lived through this, I'm going to kill anybody who does this, yeah. period, and so mm-hmm. on. And the younger generation was saying, like, no, we can actually be better than this, we can work our issues out, and so on. And I I still maintain that I found that interesting, even if it wasn't giving people what they wanted, whereas this film seems to be, I think it's dancing around that, but because Javier knows that this is happening the whole time, mm-hmm. he seems better prepared for it. Like, throughout the whole film, he's saying... Yeah, these people are garbage, but I don't want them to die. I I think that's correct. I mean, we even have Bianca ask him straight up, like, why do you care what happens to these people? Mm -hmm. And so I think you're right. The fact that the film is having this conversation throughout its runtime, as opposed to saving it for a last minute reveal, um, Mm -hmm. helps. I mean, they slash them, which I thought was fine. I'm definitely on the the, uh, minority in that one. But, like, there were other script issues with that and its killer reveal, on top of the whole, like, you know, be the bigger person, like, discourse. Mm Mm-hmm. I confess, I am shocked Ginny makes it out of this movie alive. Yeah. I don't know why she makes it out of this movie alive. (laughs) Like, out of all the bullies that you could give, like, this kind of an art to, why is Mm -hmm. it her? Yeah, I I don't know why her specifically. It just kind of seemed like she was the last one, and we decided to make a decision, ooh, to up the stakes, we're going to have one person still be in the mix, and then it's a question of who's going to either try to save her, or will she help them to help herself? Right, yeah, and it's, you know, kind of interesting. I just, I think it would have been more interesting if we had either Trevor or Brad in this role, because... Their arc is very is very much the focus up until their death. And I just don't mm-hmm. think Jenny has that much of an arc in this film. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that, because even what we learn about Ginny, which, as I said, is that, you know, she's got this whole backstory with her mom and her need to be perfect and yeah. her cheating boyfriend. And the Trevor stuff makes sense because she's reflecting on that after his death. But it's not as though she's necessarily learned anything and i'm not going to say that Ginny is the worst fucking character i've ever seen in my life but there's you know definitely some moments in there where she's exhibiting um white entitlement to the nth degree (laughs) like she talks a big game about being progressive but as you said she's closeted conservative or maybe just outright conservative i mean she flat out says like stop affirmative actioning my college or something to javier (laughs) yeah so it it is tricky you know what i'm actually circling back to agree with you that i do wish this film was longer if only so we could have had some more of those moments the problem is is that by the time we expose mr arda Mm -hmm. and then we have the big fight sequence the film is basically over so it's not as though we can hit pause and say "Ooh, we're just going to delay the climax so that we can unpack this a little bit yeah it's a thing where it's like you know i get it we're in a slasher movie we have to knock well i was gonna say we have to knock bodies off but again we only kill three people one of them is Mm -hmm. In the opening credits of the, of the right. movie, <laughs> name that character. We don't know, <laughs> but yeah, that's where again. I think an extra ten to fifteen minutes, which again you'd have to monitor it to make sure you don't kill the pacing, because as you've already mm-hmm. said, like though the pacing does kind of get a little choppy in the middle section of this film. 
but I would have loved to have yeah had more of these non horror moments watching these characters deal with this kind of fallout, uh, adding to the really bright spots of the grieving scenes, the really bright spots the bullies like dealing with their lives and their choices mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I found all that so interesting. So when the slasher stuff comes in, which again it's all fun, you know, we get slasher stuff, but it means we don't get any more of those moments once those right. characters leave the film. Yeah. So maybe the final closing conversation, because you did bring up Founders Day in addition to they slash them. So we're seeing another round of queer villains with Mr. Arda here, Trace. Do you think that this film handles its queer villain better than they slash them or Founders Day? Uh, You know... This is tricky because I think that Anna Klumsky gets to have a lot of fun with her like monologue, even mm. if, you know, maybe some of what she's doing is ill-advised and like the script isn't really not a lot of the facts line up in that movie. <laughs> right. Yes. Yanni Gelman plays things decidedly straight in the climax. So from an acting standpoint, I actually prefer Klumsky and they slash them. However, okay. I think on a script level, the Mr. Arderiel makes more sense. But again, I kind of want more from him because mm-hmm. All we get to see is that, yeah, he was bullied. He was the killer in the opening scene. I would have liked to have seen maybe even a flashback to his teenage years. Oh, interesting. I don't know that I wanted that because I felt like we were getting everything we needed from his monologue. Mm -hmm. It's tricky because in some ways I could have seen him going big and broad with the killer monologue because it would have been in keeping with some of the more outrageous quippiness of this film. And yet feel like at this point in the movie i don't know if i would have wanted that because i think there needs to be a certain amount of sincerity even if you're just thinking of javier's arc because he needs to see oh if i continue down this trajectory i become mr arda in the future and that's not what i want and that's that plays into they slash them too so hey what do you think then about having these tormented queer people become murderous serial killers because mm-hmm. i think that was a big issue people had with they slash them as well on top of the whole kind of moralized and like hey like oh, yeah. even though you had a shitty life you shouldn't be a serial killer <laughs> right i mean as someone who's been accused of getting up on the soapbox too often they slash them felt genuinely preachy and like we were being talked down to and right. not in a interesting or even progressive way it was very much like well you should know better let's not stoop to their standards whereas here i think it kind of feels a bit more like this is the danger if you don't get some therapy and you don't deal with your fucking issues. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, honestly, they, they have very similar beats, um, but mm-hmm. the executions handle maybe a little bit better in Departing Seniors. Yes. I just I do find this generational gap, though, between Gen Z and between millennials and Gen X and fuck even boomers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Queer boomers specifically, uh, where it's just like. I want to see more discussions about this, but like right. given the proper attention they deserve. And I, unfortunately, I, I don't know if a slasher movie is the right medium for that conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking of a horror book. It's the premise of the final girl support group where a bunch of women who survived massacres come together in therapy. There's a whole bunch of other like killer stuff that happens as a result Mm. but i think it'd be really interesting to unpack what happens in the aftermath of something like this so like how does javier recover and like 
if he meets up with other people who have gone through similar experiences, but maybe some of them are older, or if he, you know, goes to visit Mr. Arda in jail because he survived and we can actually have conversations like things are different and how do we reconcile that? I don't know that it would make the most fascinating film, but it feels like it would I don't know, maybe almost make like a great short or a web series of some kind. But nevertheless, this seems to be a conversation that is on people's minds um, with right. films like this. And they but nobody's them. having it. <laughs> well, yeah. But so so I, I'm hoping that, that we start moving into films that are willing to have that conversation outside of just a killer motivational reveal. Mm hmm. Right. Yeah. You almost need two films, right? Like, right. <laughs> give you the straightforward slasher and then halfway through do the reveal and then be like, how do we move forward? Oh, I actually don't mind that. So, I mean, yeah, again, I, I liked this movie. Three out of five. It's not great. It's not going to blow you away, but it is a lot better than I was expecting it to be. And um, again, it, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a little bit more than you. It mm -hmm. definitely took me by surprise. I even thought the production values were better than I was expecting. And maybe it's just because I keep having to watch Amityville films. But that this, one, this one looked good. So... Yeah, honestly, I would say check this out if you're at all interested and we haven't spoiled the whole fucking thing for you, but <laughs> you could do a lot worse than this. I agree. <laughs> Slap it on the poster. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will give a better recommendation for that. But yes, uh, <laughs> check it out. Check it out, everyone. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you thought of Departing Seniors. And until our next micro queries, whenever that's going to be, we can cross out Departing Seniors. Indeed, and cross out micro queers. Mm -hmm.